This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about the always popular One Park Project, getting a write-up in the New York Times. Also, lots of restaurants news going on in the last week or so. We're going to catch up on all that. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Zach Owens. Hello. Marty Finley. How's it going? And Haley Cawthon. Hey there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So guys, a big story on our website this week was about Lou City FC getting a new logo. They dropped their purple and gold colors in favor of purple and black. And they kind of adopted this old city flag look that had like a circle of stars and three fleur-de-lis. So my question to you guys is, what is your favorite sports logo? And also, if you want, feel free to weigh in on the new Louisville City FC logo. And I'll start with Zach. Not, not the biggest fan of the new logo. I thought <clears throat> the old logo uh, captured the essence of the city perfectly with the skyline. I feel what they should have done, they should have just streamlined the old logo. If they wanted to take the yellow out, I understand what they were trying to do to move away from the Orlando City yeah. connection. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like the stars look like they're cut off. It just looks very... looks pedestrian to I, me. I like the logo fine but, but I did I was sad to see him drop the gold so I don't know what's your favorite uh sports team logo out there I gotta go way back to 95 to the uh ECHL Louisville River Frogs uh, hockey franchise what was the what did it look like I can't even remember it was a side image of a of a uh, cartoon frog with its tongue out snagging a hockey puck. <laughs> there nice. It just captured nice. the whole essence of the franchise perfectly. That said just wild Louisville more than anything else. It was just wild a and frog over the top. with a hockey puck. Yeah. It was hockey for non-hockey fans. <laughs> yeah. I went to one River Frogs game, uh, and there was barely anyone in the stands, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I still think I enjoyed it. But uh, Marty, how about you? Uh, as far as the new logo, I really like the color scheme. I do like black and gray. I think it really works. With it's black, purple. gray, and purple, right? It's black, gray, so. purple with a little bit of white. So okay. I think those colors all kind of mesh well together. Mm-hmm. I did like the skyline in the old, um, the old logo. So I'm going to miss that a little bit. I think that was that was really well done. But overall, I, I, I'm fine with the new with the change. So yeah. But I will miss the skyline a little bit. You have an interesting that. pick for uh, for your favorite sports. I have a couple. None local, but semi-local, I guess. Well, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan, so I really like the horseshoe. Yeah. It's very clean, very simple. Yeah. Uh, I do like the blue and white. Yeah. It was my favorite color, so. Um, Stay on that of, mic now. I've got a lot of uh, Colts gear. I'm warning you guys early about those mics. <laughs> and uh, so that would be probably my favorite. I think my second favorite would be the, the redesigned Milwaukee Bucks logo. They redesigned it just a couple years ago. Yeah. It has a very menacing-looking deer. <laughs> but it's very it, – I don't know, the lines of it is just very clean at the same time, and it just is a really cool logo. Yeah. How about you, Haley? Uh, so I'm going to be contrary to Zach just for fun. Um, I think the new design is fine, and I get that there's a lot of symbolism there, even though a lot of people don't know what that symbolism is until yeah. you, like, show them a graphic that explains everything. Um, my husband didn't get it, so I had to show him – tweet on twitter that explained it all yeah um 
but I did like the purple and gold because I went to an elementary school. I was a Winslow Eskimo, and our colors were purple and gold. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so I always thought that was special. Anytime they go, to, used they that. go together well. Um, well. I think what's generating the most like controversy online, anyway, is the club's shift to the Lou City branding itself. They took the name Louisville off the crest, and now they're just calling themselves Lou City. They say they're going to keep that name, right? But it's their official their name. name. They said it's just easier because it's, a nickname. it's shorter. Everybody calls it Lou City. And every, you know, most people, that's actually the part I thought wouldn't be controversial at all because most people say Lou City anyway. So I think yeah. Lou City is cooler. I, yeah. I like Lou City. It does sound cool. Yeah, I like it too. But it's easier to fit on a, on a crest. I think yeah. that's part of the reason they did it. So. Yeah. One thing I learned about in this story, that flag that's on the crest is no longer Louisville's flag. Uh, that was our old flag, and then after merger, according to Wikipedia, which I'm pretty sure is right about everything all the time, uh, after merger, we adopted the new flag, mm-hmm. which is like the Metro Council logo, and uh, it doesn't look as cool. So I was sad to see that that thing is not our flag anymore. Okay. We should go back to that. We're bringing uh, it back. That was a good city. one. <laughs> I actually have that old flag uh, hanging outside of my house. It's oh, a really? classic old flag. Yeah, I like that. Um, as far as sports logos go, for me, uh, I always, when I was growing up, I always thought it was weird uh, that IU had a cactus as its logo, uh, which then I later learned was not actually a cactus. It was an I and a U put together. And uh, I thought, uh, I think that's probably my favorite one just because it's, uh, uh, I wanted to pick a local one and that's probably the weirdest. Also like some of our, um, the old Louisville Cardinal uh, stuff, the, the, you know, the Cardinal and the big shoulder pads for football and that sort of thing, or the one that was Duncan. They brought the Duncan Cardinal back. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they brought the other one back too. Yeah. So a lot of those old logos are coming back. kind of like them. So, uh, so anyway, that's enough of that. I'm going to move us on to somewhat more serious topics. Um, one park, the massive development that we've talked about here about a billion times, uh, it's going on the corner of Lexington Road and Grinstead Drive. It's back in the news. There isn't a huge update to do. There's not a, not a lot has happened. But I wanted to point out that New York Times did a feature on it. They talked to the developer of the project, Kevin Kogan, and the story talks about the slow development in Louisville uh, and inferiority complex that Louisville has in regards to development and also a need for more affordable housing in Louisville. So I thought it was just an interesting piece. It's interesting to see what our city looks like in terms of the national media. Uh, did you guys get a chance to check out the story? What did you think? I was, I'll was i go to Zach first because I know you read it. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a solid piece. Uh, I think, you know, obviously, you know, in a lot of ways, Louisville has lagged behind its peer cities like Indianapolis and Nashville yeah. in terms of growth. That's yeah. just fact. But I, I liked how it laid out uh, you know, possible reasons for that, like the old uh, booze, uh, tobacco, and banking families that were, you know, yeah, they like control money. Yeah, have been slow to adapt. Yeah, um, and there was like just conservative feelings, you know, from those families that used to control Louisville, and that's what's behind uh, some of the slow development here. That was an interesting thing. One thing that I'll point out: they did the comparison. They said Louisville is always comparison comparing itself to Nashville and Cincinnati. I'm like, no, man, get it right. We're always comparing ourselves to Nashville and Indianapolis. We don't compare ourselves to Cincinnati as much. We do a little bit, but um, I think the reason that we compare ourselves to Indianapolis and Nashville so much is because we are all about the same size, maybe 
uh, you know, 50 years ago. And, you know, I think we were even bigger than Nashville. Um, and, uh, and now they're, they're much bigger cities. So, um, so I thought that was just an interesting thing by the writer to mention that we are always making comparisons with ourselves. Marty, did you get a chance to read it? What do you think? I did. Um, you know, as being someone who's covered this for four years, yeah, it was nothing new for to me, but it was interesting to see kind of that national perspective on right. it. I don't feel like they got anything wrong. I mean, right. we've definitely seen this inferiority complex play out, not only with one part, but but Top Golf. You know, these couple of projects have kind of brought all these issues to light. Another issue that I think we'll see a lot more of in, in 2020 that they touched on was the affordable housing issue. Mm-hmm. We had that new report just come out that kind of laid bare some of the problems we have with our uh, housing disparity between races and classes and all that. So mm-hmm. and we're seeing luxury apartments go up everywhere and rents that we're just not used to in, in Louisville, and a lot of people just can't pay. There is an affordable housing problem, I think, and I think maybe that's why we see as many um, many more homeless people than we yep. used to in the past. And, you know, you got to think some of that is attributable to the fact that uh, you know, cost of housing's just gone up, so some people just can't afford it. And one interesting aspect of one park is, in, in order to get approval, they had to say that five percent of the the development, which is about twenty one units, will have to be affordable housing. Now, I don't know what that will relate to in terms of actual cost, but yeah, you know, it's got to be yeah, affordable by what standard? Yeah, that's what we don't. <laughs> yeah, know yeah, they hadn't really said. So that that's still to come, but yeah, you know, it was interesting just to see those things kind of put in that national lot. Um, yeah. And uh, one thing that the New York Times story mentioned is the fact that that's a privately developed project. They said it was pretty rare to see a privately funded project include that um, that affordable housing caveat. You know, usually if there was some kind of TIF district well, or and something. Well, the city actually wanted 10%. Yeah. And basically, Kogan said, we'll only do 10% if you give us a TIF. But I think Kogan probably, like, this is just me spitballing him, talk to him. Um I'm thinking he probably agreed to it just to, like, you know, get the approval that he needed because this yeah, thing well, has been he, so controversial. There, it was definitely a reluctant thing, we, yeah. we, which we noted in our stories. He didn't really necessarily want to do it, but he did agree to it as, as part of a compromise to get it yeah. get it approved. New York Times said the 5% of affordable housing will amount to 20 units. Is that it's about, about 21, actually, yeah. under the yeah. – yeah, right around there. I thought it was something like that. So, yeah. Haley, did you get a chance to check it out as well? I didn't get a chance to check it out, but I wanted to add that I was just working on another story about um, the lowest the lowest cost to start a, start a company um, in metro areas. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad, bad explanation. The lowest cost metro areas to start a company. Yes. Right? Yeah basically startup costs, low startup yeah. costs. Yeah. And uh, one of the factors that they were taking into account was the yearly um, average of rent payments yeah. here. And I think it was like over 12,000, which seemed really high considering like there's other areas like in more valuable real estate in California that were, you know, yeah. on par with that average rent payment. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. But Well, we talk about our low cost of living here a lot. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder how that factors in with some of the new development you know, how much is that changing mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, the um, what's available for uh, people who are b- below a certain income. So uh, interesting stuff. Now, you, Marty, you met with uh, Kevin Kogan today. I guess is it, you got an update on the timeline, right? So yeah, we, uh, you know, one thing we, we haven't actually talked about since it happened was that Metro Council actually approved the Project 24. To yeah, yeah. I think the last so time we talked about this, they were unanimous ready support. to. Which I was shocked. I figured there would be some dissenters, at least a few. Yeah, um, and it was unanimous. almost always is in yeah. cases like this, but it was 24 to nothing. 
Uh, there was one absent, and then Brandon Cohen didn't vote because apparently he did some work as an attorney for Kogan. So he just wanted to basically remove any um, ideas of conflict of interest, perceptions of that. So he did not vote. Um, but otherwise, it went through. There was very little discussion. It, it seemed like everyone was on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, I did talk, ask Kevin about that. You know, I think he also expected some dissent. Mm-hmm. And so um, he said it, it really came off to him as an endorsement for them to try something, turn a new page, kind of start a new era mm-hmm. for Louisville. We'll see if that happens. But, um, you know, I was shocked to see that unanimous sport, and I think he was too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap that up there. Uh, believe me, we'll talk about one park again because I think we talk about it. Every, it's almost like Top Golf. We talk about Top Golf every week, and we talk about one park every week. What's the next project that's going to be this big? Do you know yet? <sighs> Not really. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait. Now that one park's approved, what's the 2020, next one? 2020, we're looking forward to it. So um, I'll switch gears there. We'll talk about some restaurant news. Haley's been covering uh, plenty lately. Most recently, she covered Biscuit Belly. Uh, which, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Biscuit Belly, Haley, what's the concept on that? Uh, so Chad Coulter, he's the guy behind Lou Vino, if you're familiar with um, that local, locally-based chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's originally from Georgia, and there's there are a lot of Southern Biscuit shops in that area and mm-hmm. the South in general, and he wanted to bring that concept to Louisville before other chains kind of uh, yeah. realized that Louisville was an untapped market Before for that Before they realized we love biscuits. Before they realized that biscuits and gravy are loved up here too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he started Biscuit Belly. They opened in June, the beginning of June of this year. And he told me initially that, you know, he's just focusing on this one location and that things are, he'll see how things go and see how people receive things. And then I think it was five or six months later, he was just like, I'm going to open 15 locations. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's crazy. And it's overwhelmingly <laughs> successful, and we're just going to scale it and yeah. try to grow it regionally before, you know, it either becomes acquired or they, you know, come up with some franchising options for yeah. people to grow it even further. So it's really had a very fast growth in terms of the restaurant market um, because there's been other restaurants that have opened in June and have since closed. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> AKA <I'm> Palatucci's. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's been. Uh, extreme growth there and they just opened their second location in st matthews last week and the third location is opening in colonial gardens at the beginning of 2020 so uh now the 15 locations is he talking regionally there he's talking regionally he said kentucky and uh southern indiana for the most part um so i think he's looking for a fourth location in the close southern indiana area um in the summer of 2020 have you guys tried biscuit belly yet I have, and it's delicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. No complaints. <laughs> but, uh, I haven't tried it yet, I'm excited. Um, now that they're in St. Matthews, it's a little closer to me. So I'm going to definitely give it a try very soon. Uh, what's something good there? Do you remember what you got? I got the Rockwell, which is, I think, their it's classic. Like their signature, like their signature the, thing. Um, and it was really good. My husband got the Hot Brown which is like a take, of, a take of hot brown and biscuits and gravy. And he just said it was like overwhelmingly good, but like it made him feel like so full and sleepy afterwards. Yeah. Oh, it will do both of those Make things. Make yes. comatose for yeah. sure. Yes. Uh, that's the problem with biscuits and gravy. It's like they're so heavy that it's... Uh, we also got fried chicken worked in, in there yeah. too. So oh my God. Just some grease. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, the, um, the Rockwell is really good. And then I like the goat, which has like goat cheese and some other... That's like a jelly that they make in house, yeah. like a savory yeah. jelly. 
the goat really, is the greatest of all time. It's based on Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Yeah. Covers, yeah. Um, and there's photos of the new St. Matthew's location, which Haley took herself. Um, the, that's on our website. Uh, if you guys want to check that out. Um, let's see. And then you wrote about a couple other uh, places uh, closing recently. Um, so hey, what what happened there? I guess uh, who were the two that you just wrote about? So Himalayan Restaurant closed um, in the Highlands. It was right by the new public house by Against the Grain. Yeah. Um, it closed after a two-year run, and they didn't necessarily tell me why. They just confirmed that they're closed permanently. They had been closed um, for an undetermined amount of time in October where they were, right. like, redoing some, like, windows, I think. So... Um, it wasn't clear initially if they were closing for good or closing for some kind of rehab, but now they're closed. So. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one was Goodwood, right? Yeah, so uh, this one was a little bit confusing for me. Uh, it's Goodwood's Brew House and Live Room in Jeffersonville. It's in right. the former Big Four Burgers building. So not the Goodwood, just to clarify. Not, not Goodwood, not Goodwood on, here. Uh, Main Street. Correct. Um and so I talked to Ted Mitzlaff, the CEO um, of Goodwood, and he said that that location in Jeffersonville was actually operating more as a franchi- franchise. So the partners yeah. involved in that deal um, essentially just pulled out, and mm-hmm. they're like, we're not going to do this anymore. And he didn't tell me why, but he said Goodwood, since it's such a turnkey, like everything's already done, they're just going to take it over and staff it and run it themselves. Mm-hmm. He said he didn't want to do that initially because they just opened their Frankfurt uh, tap house mm-hmm. um, so they had a bunch of stuff going on and he didn't want to take on a third location so quickly but he's like it's turnkey now he can it's already it. here like we have our name on this big marquee outside let's do it so there was a chicken place in there too yes That's cox's hot chicken um which was a hot chicken restaurant in jeffersonville and new albany and both of those locations have closed over now. the summer yeah okay. not sure what happened with that but goodwill Goodwood is planning to open their own in-house restaurant on the first floor of that building with like the live room entertainment. They were going to have a bar. menu similar to what they had on Frankfurt. So. Yes, so Frankfurt has like a huge menu. Um, if you go to their website and check it out, there's lots of entrees, lots of sandwiches, lots of appetizers. So he said initially that it'll be a scaled back version of that when they reopen in 2020, mm-hmm. like January, I think he said. Um, but they'll build it out as they go along. So. It's closed for now, but we'll reopen soon. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's it as far as this week's show goes. I'm going to go around the room. I'll let you guys um, plug something you're working on or uh, or your social media handle or both. Um, and I'll start with Zach. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter at BFLuZach, Z-A-K. And uh, right now I'm we're working on uh, getting our healthcare heroes uh, together for February. Uh, and uh, Friday I'll have... Uh, a, our newest people to know feature in the paper. Uh, we're very nice. Manufacturing and logistics. Are you guys going to rework the song Jukebox Heroes with Healthcare Heroes so we can have some kind of theme music? Yeah, that was actually in the works. Healthcare <laughs> Heroes. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, I think that'll be, uh, th- that'll be the best part. We were lo- <laughs> looking for a vocalist. Yes, yeah. I volunteered. I think she just tribute. auditioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Goal. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, Marty, why don't, you, uh, why don't you save us from this? I'm primarily on Twitter <laughs> at BFLuMarty. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, as far as what I'm working on now, I'm trying to get some year interview stuff done as 20 or not 2019 is dwindling here and we're taking a little bit of vacation. Almost time. over, yeah. 
And then I uh, hope very soon be able to talk on this podcast about a big investigative the story. Project. has been teasing for months. I've been teasing it for months. It's actually, um, I've got most of it written now, so hopefully in the next few weeks we'll be in the editing. I'm starting and to think you're making it up. Yeah, I'm I know. Just um, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, we'll be able to talk about it on at least one, if not multiple podcasts. Oh, yeah, I think we future. will definitely. Um, so, very excited about it. Happy with how things are coming together. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, Haley, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BFLewHaley. I promise I don't sing on there. And <laughs> uh, something I'm working on at the tail end of this year is our um, annual restaurants openings and closings that happened in 2019. Oh, and yeah. That's those are one. always, yeah. like, big deals for us. Like, people are always curious to see you what happened. want to catch up on everything. And some of them have worked. opened and closed in 2019. So yeah. those are kind of always interesting to see so stay tuned for that later this month yeah that'll be that'll be interesting um and uh i um you can find me at bf lou david on twitter also you can find me on linkedin and on instagram at dman3001 uh as far as stuff i'm working on that you should check out um i'm gonna be recording a couple of podcasts soon because we're going you know into the year a lot of us are going to be away so we're going to record a couple special podcasts for the end of the year, so keep your uh, keep your ears peeled for those. Uh, we should have uh, sh- those coming up, you know, just during the week of Christmas and then during the week of New Year's. So uh, those will go up. But uh, kind of had some special episodes planned uh, for that, so you can uh, you can look for those. Um, if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Access Louisville on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher and radio public um and uh you can also find us sometimes uh on uh, on uh, facebook and twitter we'll, we'll tweet out little uh, clips of the show uh so if you uh I, th- I think that's it um thank you very much zach marty and Haley, and thank you guys for listening at home until next time bye